Okay, Hats, we're getting right into this one. We have an extra special episode this week. We're going to do the gameplay of the draft we drafted in the last episode. Drafted this a couple weeks ago in our time. It's going to be a few days in your time. But we'll go over the deck here. And then we'll and then we'll cue. And then during our, our hopefully not too long waits, we're going to bang out the rest of the episode. Yeah, everything's backwards. Up is down. Down is up. Cats are dogs. Dogs are in turn cats. And uh, most excitingly, uh, Hats is guaranteed that this deck will go seven wins. And I have a generalist quest right now. So we're going to end this show on a really high note after going 7-0 after our unfortunate first game last episode. Yeah, so we can't go 7-0, and yet I, I, I apparently guaranteed that we will. Yeah, no, 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 I'm at 7-0 tonight. Oh, I see. Okay. It's, it's a new beginning. We're not even going to count that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is a deck that can conceivably get seven wins. Yeah. Uh, but we'll need a little luck. Yeah, it's a, it's a deck that could conceivably draw a Merciless Officer, too. But you would help. We'll see. So uh, for those of you who missed last episode or need a refresher, here's the deck. It's a Felm deck that we drafted. It is has a Glen Pathcutter, a Borderlands Waykeeper, Lurking, Lurking Brute, and Shadow Path Intimidator. Two Shadow Path Intimidator, Wild Azri, Yeti Snowslinger in the two slot. In the three slot, we have an Amethyst Acolyte, Thorncrawler, an Umbrin Death Watcher, and four Merciless Officers. So the, the key to this deck is the four Merciless Officers, which we kind of built the rest of the deck around. Then in the four slot, we have three Freed Azeris, and then finally a Minister of Obeyance as our top end. And then for attachments, we have a Trickster's Cloak to help us get our Merciless Officers through. In our spell suite for removal, we have a Fatal Misstep, we have a Nectar of Unlife, a Vara's Favor, Execute, and a Cover from the Storm, which kills everything in our deck but our Freight Azeris. And doesn't. then we also There's have so many things it doesn't kill. <laughs> Wisdom of the Elders, and Infused Strike. And then we're playing 17 Power, two of those being a Rune of Trickery and a Rune of Illusion. Look, looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yep. General so, general game plan is just get a merciless officer down, hope it lives, and then and then use one of our many ways of, of getting it through for damage. So here we go. So we are going to We are zero one so far. <laughs> okay, let's see. We got a minute and fifty oh geez. Immediate, so starting, immediate right killing. Now. Who knows what podcast this is? <laughs> yeah. No time for introductions here. All right, we got a one sigil hand. We're going to redraw that. But there was a Merciless Officer, so we know they're in the deck. Wow. Four Shadow Sigils, a Freight Azri, an Umbran Death Watcher, and a Trickster's Cloak. That's pretty rough. That's a really bad hand. That That is a little tough. You're saying our three-mana one-one's not going to get us there? I don't think it is. Should uh, we redraw? Yeah, I guess we, we have to. Yeah, we're going to go down to six. I don't like to throw away seven cards, but that was bad. Our opening hand is a Primal Sigil, a Rune of Trickery, Glen Pathcutter, Flash Freeze, Freight Azri, and Merciless Officer. So, so we're no play a Shadow Primal Sigil? And only two, uh, two power, but we'll see if we can get there. Yeah, we need to draw at least one Sigil before we can do anything. Uh, we did not. We drew a Lurking Brute. 
Right, so we'll play our Rune of Trickery and pass the turn. Okay, we drew a fatal misstep. Uh, our opponent has uh, is on Rakano and played a 3-2 on their ter second turn. They are now playing a Valkyrie station, so uh, that at least uh, will give us a little time. We drew a Yeti Snowslinger, so now we've got a 2-2 on the board. Pretty sure we just have to block the 3-2 with our 2-2. I doubt it's going to be able to make contact, and we want to stop the bleeding. All right, so we do block. We are blocking. Let's see if they have something that makes that bad. It's okay. So they're going to go to... They, they're playing a Mercenary Vanguard. They have a 2-3. We drew an Amethyst Acolyte. This is a lot of draws without drawing a Sigil. But we've got seven cards in hand that we can start playing, especially if we draw a Shadow Sigil. Our opponent is playing a Fencing Master. That's the 2-3 that gets a plus 3, plus 3 weapon if uh, opponent gets stunned. We drew a Primal Sigil, which means I think... I think it's best if we just play the Merciless Officer and trade for one of these things. Yes. Uh, which one do you think we should trade? Uh, we'll see what our opponent does. Probably plays the Peacekeeper. If opponent played, yeah, Peacekeeper would be bad. Um, even Rebuke would be bad. Uh, let's... Uh, okay, so both of the two threes are coming in. I would say... I don't know if they'll draw any of their stun stuff, so let's 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 block the other one. Let's block the 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 vanguard. It's kind of a toss up, but we know the vanguard is hurting us more right now, and um, it's it's people will sometimes play the stun unit uh, without a whole lot of ways of actually activating it. So currently they are at four armor. Well, they will be at the end of this turn. They played another three two. They are sacrificing the 3-2 to make an Heirloom Blade, um, which brings us up, them up to 7 armor, so they're going to make a 2-2 Valkyrie. Uh, we drew another Primal Sigil, which is going to do really nothing for us, because we can make a Freight Asri, but it gets killed immediately by the weapon. Hmm. But it keeps if they kill it with the weapon, at least they don't make a, another Valkyrie this turn. So I guess yeah. we just have to play the Freight Asri. Hard to say how strong our deck is if it's if it refuses to draw both color both factions. They have an overthrow <laughs> for the Freight Asri, so they're going to attack us for eight damage, bringing us down to four. I don't think there's a draw in the world that saves us right now, so we might as well concede this one. So we're starting at zero two. That one, we any deck would have lost to that set of circumstances. Yeah, being, being color off. screwed. Well, I guess the most we can ask for this time is a longer queue time, so we can introduce the show. All right, let's do it. Okay, a minute and 23 seconds here. So, for those of you who don't know, this is uh, Farming Eternal. We are an eternal podcast for farmers hosted by me, Patamaro, uh, or Patrick, and uh, Hats on Lamps. Hello. It's episode 104. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, if you haven't figured out, we're playing the games to our draft that we did in our last episode, in episode 103, where we drafted a Sweet Thelm deck. Uh, so far, O2 really hasn't um, lived up to expectations, but I, I have a good feeling coming in uh, for the rest, you know, for the rest of this draft here. Yeah, we've had some extraordinarily poor luck. Uh, in that last one, we only drew one color. Um, we have to go down to six cards. I still think that was correct. Uh, we That last game would have been similar, except that we would have had a 
a three power one one and then maybe draw uh, Primal Sigil so we could play our two four. I don't know. So yeah. we are matched up. Uh, another another bad hand. <laughs> I would probably keep this though. We have a Primal Sigil, a Rune of Trickery, Nectar, uh, Shadow Path Intimidator, Wisdom, uh, Merciless Officer, and a Yeti Snow Slinger. So if we draw any Sigil, we can Wisdom for two more cards. So yeah. that's why I would keep it. We've got about a 50-50 shot of being able to play Wisdom on turn three. Yeah, the one thing that makes me a little nervous is we are on the draw, which does give us another draw, but also can be a little slow. I don't think I would keep this on the play. We did draw a Shadow Sigil, though, so we should be fine. You don't want to play Rune of Trickery first ever. Never, never. <laughs> I don't know if that was a joke, but you don't do that. Uh, play a pri- yeah, so we're playing a Primal Sigil, ending our turn. Our opponent uh, is playing their second time Sigil now. They're playing an Amber Lock, so they're going to draw a card. That will give us some time to get on the board. We can play our Yeti Snowslinger. We drew a Primal Sigil, so we're now playing our Shadow. shadow and... Sure, Shadow Sigil's fine. Get a Snowslinger out there. If we really, really want to get the Snowslinger through, we do have the Intimidator in hand. They're playing a third time Sigil, and they're playing a Worm Calling, which means they have two five-power seven-sevens in hand. So we kind of need to, to kill them as quickly as we can. I would suggest playing the Merciless Officer this turn for that reason, so that we yeah. can just punch with it. Yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, so we're going to attack with the Snow Slinger. It's going to give us a Snowball, and then we're going to play our 4-2 Stealth Unit. Uh, we might just be able to sort of... I think I would try to save the Shadow Path Intimidator for breaking through those worms. Uh, our opponent did not play anything, so they're stuck. Um, we drew another Merciless Officer, so I guess we attack for 6. Yeah, and then we play the Rune of Trickery and the Freight Osry? Uh I think that's fine, yeah. We might be able to draw, draw another Sigil and play the Merciless Officer as a as a Berserk unit next turn. And then, of course, the Freight Azri will be able to kill in the air if they manage to get up to um, 5 power and finally put a 7-7 seven, seven in front of us. And it's really nice that we have the Intimidator in hand to, uh, to blank that 7-7 seven, seven the first time it comes down. They are taking another turn off. They're not getting the power that they needed. We drew another Sigil, so we'll be able to play uh, a space for 8 damage, bringing them down to 9, and play a 4-5 Berserk. So I don't think there's really anything they're going to be able to do this this game. So, so far, no real games with this deck, but we've won one of them. (laughs) Our opponent did not draw another another Sigil, and... Uh, ended the game having played only two cards, neither of which affected the board. One out of seven wins on the Generalist <laughs> quest. And also, uh, their stealth promo quest that they released, we, we've, we've earned the first one of it. Yeah. A new beginning, a promo that, that plays sigils. Yeah, it does not seem very good. All right. Slow so card. We'll... It's a slow card. Cue in here again, and we'll use these two minutes to... Uh, thank our patrons. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, oh, we were already in. Up already in. Uh, we have a fine hand, though. Perfectly good. Might be able to just Lurking Brute it to the end. We've got a Shadow Sigil, Primal Sigil, Lurking Brute, Merciless Officer, Borderlands, uh, Wayfinder? I forget what. Wayfinder. Uh, Waykeeper, uh, Thorn Crawler, and a Nectar of Unlife. So we can do a few things even if we don't draw a Sigil right away. Yeah. Uh, one of which is to Nectar of Unlife, a blocker, and get our Lurking Brute through. So I think this is fine. 
opponent is also uh, our opponent is going to six. So that's good news. We are playing our primal sigil to uh, conceal our plans. <laughs> uh, we drew a freight Asri. Again, not a sigil, but we're going to go ahead and plop down our lurking brute here and put some pressure on. Yep, and our opponent played a fire sigil, so they're on opponent fire. Opponent is on fire, yep. So there's a possibility this gets blitzstoned or detonation cannon right now. They're playing a shadow sigil now. They played a rust grafter, which I think is a great target for nectar. Yeah. So, so we drew and, a rune of trickery. Uh, so we're rather than curve out, I think it's a lot stronger to just nectar the rust grafter and and hit with the lurking brute. Okay. Is there any thought to just letting that offering the trade, and then playing a thorn crawler? Uh, yeah. I I am thinking about it, but I think it's I think it's like next turn. Um, if we I think the problem from the rest grafter like trading is worse would is potentially worse mm -hmm. than I'm not articulating this very well, but I think if we leave the rust grafter around, then it, it potentially is bad. Like they have to come up with a solution to the yeah. working group now. Right. Well, I guess I would say don't leave it, but like let the offer the trade. Oh, and, trade it. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't trade, then nectar it. I I would rather just have a three I would rather have the three three lurking brute on the board um I mean uh, I guess I'm not at my most articulate right now but I would rather have a three three lurking brute right now so let's so opponent uh is now on three power two fire and one shadow didn't play anything we can attack with our three three see what happens we drew a fatal misstep and now the question is whether we we leave up power for the fatal misstep the the worst case scenario here is if they play the 4-1 weapon, kill the Lurking Brute, and then we have to start over um, if we leave up power here. Mm -hmm. I think if we play... I don't think there's a lot they can play next turn that can deal with two four-power threats, so I think it's actually a little better to just put down the Thorncrawler right now. Yeah, I, I like that. And then maybe we draw a power and can play the two-drop and hold up. Oh, Oh, they had a fatal misstep. Well, okay, what are you going to do? So the fatal misstep uh, hit our um, Glen Path Cutter, so we get to give our Freight Azri plus two power. So now we have a 4-4 four, four if we draw another Sigil. Sorry, I was running out of time. There, were, I guess yeah. there was an argument to play it on the... Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so we drew a Varus Favor. I think we can pretty safely just attack with our 4-4 four, four here. Uh, we should definitely Varus Favor this turn so we can play the Freight Azri next turn. Yeah, so just bar a favor, favor, favor their face, and I actually think this would be a fine time to leave up Fatal Misstep. The Borderlands Waykeeper isn't going to do a lot for us, because yeah. we're going to use the four power to play a Freight Azri next turn, not not um, upgrade the Waykeeper. So they attack us for two, bringing us down to 24. They're at uh, 15. They didn't do anything this turn. They're at three fire and one shadow, four power. Uh, we are attacking with our 5-5. Five five. Don't see how this can go wrong against Stone Scar. Now we have a six-six, and I think we can just play the Freight Azri to keep get, putting pressure on them. They might well, fatal misstep we, it or something. If but. they have another fatal misstep, do we just want to play like a two-drop and let All right. them? Yeah, that's fine. I don't think it makes a difference, but we could play the Waykeeper um, this turn, really frustrating them if they have a misstep, and then leave up misstep of our own. We certainly don't want to play the Intimidator. 
because we can use it. Oh no. Uh, we are having technical difficulties. I guess we need to know what's happening. My screen, it's its not, uh oh. Okay, wow, that was scary. Okay, I have no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> we played the Waykeeper, they fatal misstepped it, uh, removing its Aegis. So now, uh, do you want to take a look at what uh, may have been milled? Anyway, they're conceding. So they were down to six power. So again, better lucky than good. Um. <laughs> well, I, I think that was a good play there. Uh, no, we played well. We played well enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, I think playing the way finders Aegis guy was was good there. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. That was. It, there wasn't a lot they could do through through a fatal misstep there. All right. Well, hopefully we have no more technical difficulties. It. it I uh, can you describe what's second, happened? It just wouldn't allow me to interact with the screen at all. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do about that because that could happen at any time, and then we need a quick solution to it. But we do have this time to thank our patrons. So, um, as always, we do have a, a Patreon to help support this show at patreon.com slash farmingeternal, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to our show notes, recording bloopers, might have a couple here, um, as well as nudge us towards our Patreon goals, and you get a shout out on the show. So, to Demo, Steve Irwin, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Mercurial Blue, Avid Nago, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Hamrid, Raven Dragon, Esrid 0215, Sunblaze, Work Done Sun, and Yes Dow. And perfect timing, everyone, because the game has begun. All right. We have two Shadow, one Primal, an Amethyst, Acolyte, Trickster's Cloak, Thorn Crawler, and Shadow Path Intimidator. This seems fine. Yeah, it seems Not like. Super strong, but fine. <clears throat> and we're they're opening the they're opening with a shadow sigil and a dire fang spider it's a one one with deadly and we drew a merciless officer so we definitely have them in our deck as many as we want now they are also film they played a primal sigil attacked us for one and they look at their cards and do nothing uh, I think it's. I think we probably just want to get on the board with the Intimidator. Do we mill ourselves? We do. We, we do. have a path cutter. And we drew a Nectar of Unlife. We did, so definitely mill ourselves. Uh, let's see. We milled a Flash Freeze and a Primal Sigil, so no help there, but uh, that's totally fine. We didn't really need them. I guess our opponent is considering killing it. They're killing it with a Defile, which is good news for us because we have a few three drops that we would like to uh, stay alive. They're playing a Shadow Sigil, attacking us for one, and doing nothing. Well, we're going to have to play something. So I guess we can either play our Thorncrawler now and a, a next turn, if necessary, uh, kill the spider with an Amethyst Acolyte, which I prefer, or just kill the spider now. Yeah, my th normally I'd play the Thorncrawler first, but since they passed, it feels like they might have something again. Uh, they might, but they'll it, they'll still have something if we don't play anything, you know? Yeah, but if they're holding up power, they might just kill the two. I'd rather they kill the two one than the four one. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, well, yeah, we can do that. It. I'll play the Thorncrawler if you want to play the Thorncrawler. It is definitely what I would do if I were just playing this draft on my own. There's a certain make them have it. Uh, and it's fine. If they kill it, then we still have other things in hand. Yeah, there's the fatal misstep. It's fine. They're still not pressuring us. 
Oh, and also we did get some stuff in our in our void. We've got a freight Asri, a merciless officer, and a minister of abeyance now. Oh, great! Now we've got a really good target for. They played a rooted observer. I think that's a much better target for the amethyst acolyte. So go with that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we draw. We drew another sigil, so we're up to two primal and two shadow. Uh, if we get another sigil, then we can play our merciless officer, um, and we can also nectar of unlife the dire the spider away. They played a three-power stealth unit. Huh. Well, we drew a rune of trickery. That's fun. I mean, I would rather not use the rune of trickery and just plop down the Merciless Officer this turn. Okay, and not and you don't mind not triggering their... Well, in Feln, there's not much they can have there that can break through our officer. Yeah. If you see what I'm saying. Okay. I like that. And if they do kill the officer, most of the stuff we're worried about, we can still block with a 2-1. Okay. Or kill it with an execute, since we have an execute in hand. I'm not sure if I mentioned that, but we do. Okay, so we'll not amplify the Ruin of Trickery. Right. And then play a Merciless Officer here. Right. We've got a 4-5 with Berserk. It's invisible to our opponent. They... Uh, played another sigil and played a five power thing of their own. We drew a flash freeze, which is pretty fun. <sighs> that could be a lot of things. Five power. Uh, most of them are, are pretty bad for us in Feln. I wouldn't even want to target it for the on the chance that it's subversion slug. What's in our void again? Minister of Obeyance, Freight Azri, and Thorncrawler, and a merciless right. officer. Well, we could always just beat the living daylights out of them with by tricksters cloaking the merciless officer <laughs> and, getting and them hitting them for, for twelve. Yeah, let's do that. It's exciting. It does put us in the position where we have to deal with the spider next turn, but that's okay. We have multiple ways to do that. We and do. We have flash it. freeze. Yeah, and then we'll just end the turn. Uh, we have the nectar. I think if they attack with the stealth unit, uh, the, we should block the the. Uh, the smaller stealth unit with our 2-1. There's a possibility that this is bad, but I think it's fine. Oh, it was rolling fog. Okay, well, they got us there. That's okay. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> so these were re revealed to be rolling fog and muck devourer. We're not worried about either one, really. I think that we can safely nectar of unlife and bring back something, uh, the, dire, the spider. I don't think we're under that much pressure. We're at 18 power. Um, I don't think we'll have time to actually use Minister of Obeyance, but I do think that we could bring back the Merciless Officer and and have that uh, be bigger than anything they have on the board. All right, then, so we brought back we can, a decayed Merciless Officer, and we attack with our 6-7, Reckless. And our opponent is now at 7. We have an Execute, Flash Freeze, Freight Asri, and Merciless Officer in hands. We've got a lot of options. They left back both of their units. Uh, with Flash Freeze in hand, I feel pretty safe about attacking before we do anything else. Yeah, and they need something to... They're just chump blocking with the Rolling Fog. So, not sure why they didn't attack with a Muck Devourer. I guess they wanted to definitely be able to block. So we're just going to play a Merciless Officer. By the way, we drew uh, Borderlands Waitkeeper here. It looks like they're going to kill that. Oh, they, they have turned for the worse. Okay, so that's what they did. Not much we could have done about Ooh. that. They also fatal misstepped our Merciless Officers. So now they have the only creature on board. The They've got their Muck Devourer. We have in our hand uh, Freydazri, Waykeeper. 
I'm inclined to just execute the Muck Devourer and play a Waykeeper this turn. Because we can't actually deal with the Muck Devourer permanently with any uh, with anything else in our hand. So it's better to just get rid of it. Uh, they're now at 5. We're at 14 with a Waykeeper on board. And Freight Asri, Varus Favor, and Flash Freeze in hand. They played an unchecked Upgrader. That's the 3-2 that makes things grow. Uh, let's see. Looks like maybe Varus Favor the face and then play Freight Asri. Oh, I was thinking... Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Because you could you could var favor the face and then grow the grow this guy. If you wanted a chance at killing the upgrader, you could just attack without without making it grow. And then Oh well I was thinking make give it favor the plus upgrader. one in flying and then you're on a two turn clock. Okay. And it has ages. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh yeah, absolutely. No, that's better. I didn't see it. I wanted to save the Rune of Trickery in hand, so Vara's favor first. But yeah, go ahead and make that thing a 2-3 a flyer. We'll do two damage, leave them at two this turn, and then, then they have to come up with a solution. And with a Flash Freeze and a Rune of Trickery in hand, it'll have to be something with Endurance. And I don't think any, there is anything with Endurance in Feln, so things are looking good. And they conceded. Okay, we're doing good. Nice. We got oh, this deck, this deck works fine if you draw your cards. <laughs> Yep, and we're three wins towards our generalist uh, gold chess. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Great. So, yeah, once again, like I was saying, thank you, patrons, for making the show a success. and Thank you, patrons. Bringing these wild and wacky episodes every once in a while. <laughs> it's the chaos. We're in the chaos. Okay, we got a minute and 46 seconds uh, to tell us how your draft week went, Hats. It went pretty well. Um, I've drafted only like two or three times this last week, which isn't a lot for me. But as you know, I've been playing a little bit of Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, and I kind of keep coming back to Eternal um, for the same reasons that I started playing Eternal instead of uh, instead of keeping on playing Magic or Hearthstone in the first place. It's just It just plays really smoothly, and it's a well-designed game. I think it's actually... I think the draft environment is actually a lot better than the current Magic draft environment, um, having played both of them. But it was nice for the variety, and of course the economy, um, the rate at which you get currency to draft again is so much better in Magic Arena, it's embarrassing. <laughs> so that's frustrating, because I would love for... Uh, there to be uh, the same economy as they have in Magic Arena, but be, to be able to play the game of Eternal and also have shorter queue times. That would be wicked. Okay, we're bit into another game. But I can't have everything I want. So this is a good hand. We have two Primal, one Shadow, a Freight Azri, Glen Path Cutter, a Fatal Misstep, and a Shadow Path Intimidator. That seems fine to me. Yeah, I think we should keep it. Perfectly good hand. Turn wanting a Glen Path Cutter always feels like you're cheating a little. Our opponent uh, threw back their first hand, kept their second. Yeah, especially on the play. On the play, yeah, they have. There's not a, a lot of one drops that can contest a path cutter effectively, and you still get the bonus. Um, so our opponent played a justice sigil. We drew a Vara's favor. Our opponent thinks we're playing too slowly, and that they're going to have to get used to that. Yeah, so I think the options here we could play the Vara's favor to get a power, which we don't really need. We could play the Shadow Path Intimidator. I guess we don't really have any good targets uh, for ourselves. Or we could hold up Fatal Misstep. Yeah, I don't think we want to hold up Fatal Misstep. We can hit something much bigger later in the game. Um, I'm inclined to var actually use the Varus Favor this turn so that we don't have to next turn. 
Okay. I guess I was just thinking, I don't know. Yeah. There's probably not too many one health uh, justice. Not in, not in justice. Not, not that they wouldn't have played on turn one. So our opponent is playing uh, Primal Sigil. I guess they're Huru. Uh, now I uh, we drew another Shadow Sigil. So I don't think that we need the Intimidator on board. I think we just attack with the 2-1 and leave up Fatal Misstep this turn. Because this turn they could put down... The turn three they might play a stealth unit. There's a lot of things they could do that would that would sort of get in our way. Oh, they're Ixton. They played Fire. So they played a stealth unit as expected. We're fatal misstepping it. That's not great because it was a cyber hyena, so we're losing um we're losing card advantage. Uh but that's okay. So we drew a thorn crawler. I think we're just gonna play our afraid Azri this turn though. Okay. Is there anything to playing the thorn crawler first? just in case they kill the path cutter and then, uh, you know, uh, I mean, not really. The freight Isery is a, is a, is a lot harder to stop. I, and the, like, they'll put something, they'll block the thorn crawler with whatever they play next turn. Mm-hmm. I, I find that waiting to play path cutter, to play the path cutter bonus on thing on something specific in hand means a lot of the time you wait forever. And, and then the game ends and you never did it. Okay. We have three freight Azries in this deck. We can we can put Path Cutter on a flyer if we need to. We also have all of those Merciless Officers and an Intimidator in hand, so if we drew one, we could give the uh, Merciless Officer a bonus and then Intimidator to, to make it do a lot of damage. So they played a Staunch Protector. It's a 3-4. Uh, I don't think it's worth trying... I mean, I don't, well, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think we need to attack the Path Cutter into the 3-4 just to give the Merciless Officer a bonus. Would that kill them, though? Let's see. If it was at 6. No, because that's 12. We do. No. Yeah, no, it wouldn't kill them. It's not worth doing, I don't think. Plus, they could play another blocker, and we wouldn't necessarily be able to do it. So we'll just attack with the Freight Azri. We get them down to 16, and then we'll. I think we drop the Merciless Officer. Oh, whoa. Oh, but play our sigil first, yeah, so that it's a big. Yep. That would have been a rough. And for the uh, and we drew a merciless officer that turn. I guess I didn't state that clearly. Uh, so we're getting our merciless officer overthrown, and it's de- and it's dead. Uh, we now have a rune of trickery. So let's keep that in our hand, and play Thorncrawler. Any objections? No. Do you do you want to play the intimidator this turn too? I think it's actually. We no, because I, I want to get the thorn crawler down first, so our intimidator is doing more damage. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The thorn crawler is not gonna. We can. We can. Depending on what they play, we can sort of uh, surgically take apart their defense so that our thorn crawler can connect. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I just. Yeah. Next turn, we still can't deal with two blockers, is my only thought. So why not get in the two extra? But damage? if they play something that can block and eat the thorn crawler, we can we can make it so that can't block, but the thorn crawler can still attack into the three four. Right, but can't we do that with the trickery either way? Yeah, we can do both. I mean, we're going to do it twice. We have the trickery to do it once, and then we have the the intimidator to do it again. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Like, if we play the Intimidator this turn, we're doing an additional two damage with it. I think that we can do better. They're at 14 now. We're still at 26 with a face Aegis. They're playing Diplomatic Immunity, 0-3. They're making a Treasure Trove. I imagine they'll 
tr- use the treasure trove. They did. All right. Well, that was ideal. That was ideal. <laughs> uh, so now, now let's intimidate her so that we get more attack power on the board. Uh, just leave the rune of trickery basically to kill them in the future. Yeah, and we drew a wild Azri, so we can play that too if we just. Yeah, we're adding around. four power to the board this turn, two more in the air. We're attacking with everything, so that'll be. Oops, they've got a they've got a pause. I really don't know what that could be. It's probably. Um, Buying the tower. No, uh, it's probably the thing that kill does three damage to um, a unit that comes into play. It could still be a finest tower too. All right, but still play the wild desert. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, even if they can kill it, it's we're still adding a lot of power. They, I guess, it wasn't what I said. It probably you're you're right. It probably is finest hour. So they're at nine. We have uh, path cutter, freight Azri, thorn crawler, um, intimidator, and wild Azri on the board. They played a drone dropper. Uh, if we stun that, then an attack, and they block our largest thing. We're still doing eight damage, uh, bringing them to one. So we should, I think we should do that. Yeah, because they have to block the largest thing or they're dead. They do. And also we we drew a lurking brute, but a little too late for it to actually do anything. Yeah. But so so I guess, they might have a finest hour, which means... Yeah, but they'll be at one, so they'll have to play a lot of stuff to actually stop us at that point. Um. If the three four had life steal, that would be one thing. But yeah, that's the finest hour. You called it. So they still have the staunch protector. They are at one. They can't. The drone dropper is stunned, so it can't like attack back and start making blockers or anything like that. Uh, I expect that they'll concede here. Oh, maybe not. Uh, they have a duelist blade, so that gives them four more life. And no, that's not enough. Uh, we still have. We we still do four damage this turn if they block one of our units so that was it for them we got them we just got on the board a lot faster with yes. uh with a good curve and then ways of keeping them from blocking later so that was that's the next game plan and we executed it yeah so do they you have some, anything they had some good cards over there too they just didn't get them on the board fast enough yeah i agree like yeah, drone Drone dropper is basically just uh, you know a big pile of meat if it's <laughs> if it never gets to attack. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, so how was your? Well, I know how your draft week was because this is the last deck we drafted. So you haven't been playing, right? I have not been drafting. No, I uh, I like I, I saved it for the next episode. Then we skipped a week. So then I was like, well, I'd already saved it for a week, so I might as well save it for another week. Uh, there's plenty of other things to do. Yeah, so I, I played a little bit of Constructed. Yeah, I'm still a whole new... trying to like find a game that could scratch the Eternal itch if uh, anything were to happen, happen to Eternal, but I, I can't figure out what that would be. A game where you, it's complex and you can think about a lot, but can also like play in short bursts, you know, because like, there's all of these, uh, uh, what do you call auto-battlers, but those are still like a time commitment, like a chunk of time. Yeah, there's more time involved because of the battle royale aspect. So there's various deck builders. They're not competitive, but games like um, Slay the Spire, that kind of thing. Um, Griftlands. 
Yes. Those are similar to draft in some ways, but that does take away the the sort of the the nice like one player versus one player uh, quick thrill aspect that um, games like Eternal and Magic have. And yeah. Magic didn't Magic didn't really grab you the same way. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird. I think mainly because I can't really play it. It's the phone client is just too clunky for me. Oh sure. Um, that it's it's hard, and I don't know. I got really into Kaldheim, which was a couple sets ago, but then these last two sets haven't uh, been very oh. exciting. <laughs> We're up against the same opponent. Uh, all right, well, that's what happens sometimes. Um, yes. This is a good hand. We have uh, we've got Trickster's Cloak, Lurking Brute, Minister of Obeyance, and Borderlands Waykeeper. Um, we the, are the, whole, the... the whole Lurking Brute into Trickster's Cloak thing seems good. Yeah, we are on the draw, which is unfortunate, but yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see. Maybe our opponent will get revenge. They're playing a justice sigil. We drew a path cutter, which is a great, great first draw. So we're gonna plop down that path cutter as though uh, we planned it. And uh, if the path cutter dies, waykeeper is a great thing to put it on. Also, we drew freight asri. There's a lot of good targets for path cutter. Okay, do we? We Did definitely we play attack. The oh, I think we play the brute. Yeah, yeah. The threat of being able to put Trickster's cloak on it when, uh, as soon as they put down a good blocker is too great. Uh, they haven't played anything yet. They're going to be playing their third sigil this turn. They've got uh, justice and two justice and one primal, so that means they don't have fire yet, which is good if they have drone dropper in hand. They did nothing at all. Um, is there anything that can? Well, they, if they have, they have lightning strike. They didn't. They don't have lightning strike because we didn't see a pause last turn. So I think we just attack. Okay, with no cloak, right? Yeah, we don't need the cloak this turn. We could just put waykeeper down. So they'd have no defense so far. So we now have a three-three lurking brute and a borderlands waykeeper in play. We drew a rune of trickery, which is our fourth power. So we can play either a freight Azria or a minister next turn, or we can trickster's cloak something if we need to. They're playing freight Azri. That's a a decent blocker. Ooh, we drew an infused strike. That's fun. I would like to keep making our our lurking brute happen. But I think that I think it might be more fun to infuse strike with it and rather than put the trickster's cloak on and and risk um what's it called uh getting two for one by some by like a permafrost or something. Right. Yeah, I wish we had another two drop or something, but that would be nice. But we're still going to be really far ahead on board here, so I think it might be fine to uh, just attack with everything. All right. The worst case here is if he blocked the path cutter, but he didn't, so we'll just we'll just infuse strike away the fray Dazri. And I guess and the last question is play the rune of trickery. I think we just play it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so turn five, they played uh, they played the green rune. They've got three justice, two primal. Now they're playing a Valkyrie Spire Guard. Exciting. Well, um, uh, we drew a primal sigil. So Valkyrie Spire Guard is a three-three flyer. Um, there's very few other Valkyries, so I'm not worried about it becoming a six-six. Do we just put the cloak on the brew? And go all in on that, or we can do that. You know what I like better though, 
is I like putting the I, I like um I like just attacking with the brute and oh wait, you know what? They have finest hour. Probably. Or maybe they do. Actually I don't okay. think that they do. But let, yeah, let's oh. just let's just put the cloak on, uh attack with it. Do have a pause, so they might have had finest hour and that would have been bad. Um so yeah. So now they have to come up with a solution for this six six, which they have if they have a finest hour. Ooh. And now they have Guardian Angel, which is a little rough. Um and that makes it a six six as well. So it's a problem. We can't attack into that because the six six is invulnerable. I think we just have to play our I think we just have to play our merciless officer. Hope to draw a few sigils so that we can um minister of obeyance the the five five. Well, we'll probably lose this game to that rare bummer. Oh, Queen's Elite. Queen's Elite. So they're going to, I guess they're going to attack with both of those. I don't think they will, though. I think they'll just attack with a 5-5 Endurance. We're at 31 life. We'll be at 26 life after this attack. Uh, they're not bothering to use the Queen's Elite, which makes sense. So we do have a Flash Freeze, so that's fun. If we Flash Freeze the 6-6 six, six and the 2-2, two, two, then they... And we attack with everything, and they block the six six and like finest hour or something. Then our merciless officer does eight, and we do three more and we kill them. Let's do that. Okay. So we're trying it. Yeah, let's stun those two things. They've got a pause, which is fine, and then just attack with everything. Make sure the merciless officer berserks. I'm almost certain they're going to block the 6-6 six, six and Finest Hour or something. Oh, they hardiness. Yep. And then we get them with the Merciless Officer and the rest of our damage. So that's great. And we killed them. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Merciless Officer. Merciless Officer is a really good card. Yeah, that was, a, that was brave. I, what uh, did you think was going to happen to us there? I don't know. I think I would have blocked... The four, or five. They knew we have merciless officers. They did, but they're not a, they're not I, they're not a great player. <laughs> so I made a call based on the fact that they're not that they're not a great player. Yeah, that like that's a hard call to make, even for a great player. Is to say, oh, that's probably merciless officer. They don't know we have four of them in our deck. They don't know how likely it is that that's Merciless Officer, and they do know that the Lurking Brute is already a 6-6, so they just blocked the largest thing. I thought that that was probably what they would do, and it is what they did. I mean, we still would have been in a pretty good position even if they blocked the Merciless Officer, but... That's true, because they still don't get their um, they still don't get their, their stuff back yeah. uh, until next turn. So we probably still had them, but it was a good play. All right. So, so that's so we're at five wins. Um, I assume we're just going to play the same opponent until we're done with this draft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this poor opponent. Oh. Nope, nope, we're up against Cosimo. All right, well, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, also, uh, whenever I'm up against a player like Cosimo, that's when the game deals me terrible hands. Uh, we can't keep this. It just has one shadow sigil. Yes, yeah, so we redraw. We redraw. Uh, this is fine, though, obviously. Uh, Shadow, Primal, Lurking Brute, Nectar, uh, Minister my... of Obeyance, Thorncrawler, Freyda Asri. Basically, we're trying for Lurking Brute into Nectar, their blocker, and then try to ride Brute all the way to the end. 
Okay. Uh, we are going first, and we're playing our primal sigil to conceal our intentions. <laughs> Opponent is playing justice sigil, and we drew cover from the storm, which is very exciting. <laughs> uh we are playing our lurking brute here it comes here comes yep. lurking brute. now we just need to hit twice so we can survive a cover from the storm yep uh they blitzstoned the lurking brute so that's it for that plan it's over uh we drew a flash freeze we can't play anything so we're gonna hang out uh and make maybe the end of our run here uh just because uh we don't have a lot going on other than our first plan there. So that's an Ursa Squadron. Uh, it got the Blitzstone, so it got the bonus. I think we just kill it with our with our Nectar so that it doesn't keep on hurting us. Uh, worth knowing that there's no pause, but they have one power still up there, so they don't have Finest Tower or anything like that. Uh, they're playing a Seek Power. Playing another Fire Sigil, they're solidly Rakano, they're playing another Ursa Squadron, um, and we, I think we, uh, I mean, we've got a Shadow Sigil, so there's no reason we should do anything but just play Thorncrawler. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer to get stuck on power, uh, the, like the first time we face a strong opponent this entire draft, but that's how it goes. Uh, they played a Rakano banner. They're at three fire, three justice, and five power. Uh, they're playing a Queen's Elite. Oh, oh, it's too bad. That wasn't a Primal Sigil. We could have swept them. Um, I think we'd be fine trading Thorncrawler with either one of those, though. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and do that, and then I guess we play our Freight Azri. That would have been amazing if we drawn Primal Sigil. Just get rid of them. So we're going to have to accept the attack from Ursa Squadron here, but I don't think that they have a trick, and they so they won't be able to attack with Queen's oh. Elite. They do have Azrog, though, so that's 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 it for that. Um, they kill our Freight Azri, they attack for four. Uh, really nothing we can do here, except we can, we can Flash Freeze to keep them from hurting us a lot. We can, uh, we can Flash Freeze the Ursa Squadron and the and right, the attack first? Azrog. Yeah, definitely attack first. There's not we can't really do a lot. Let's um let's go ahead and flash freeze the Urza Squadron and the Azrog just so they can't immediately get this attack in. Uh they've also played a Shadow Sigil, so I foresee a metal thing in our future. The 6-6 six, six Ursa Squadron and a Disgraced Cadet. Okay, well, I, we're not going to win this game, obviously. Uh, I think we can... I, this is... The, I think we can actually concede this. All right. Well, Azrock is, is a bad card to play against. Uh, I think we did fine. Um, I wish we had... We'd had, like... I wish the first two games had been real games. Um, but, of course, we got lucky against a couple of opponents, too. Uh, so the about... About half of our games weren't real games. Uh, but going 5-3 is fine with a film deck without anything particularly special going for it. So I think we did great. Hey, four Merciless Officers is special. Oh, yeah. No, it was a, it was a, very, uh, it was a very focused... And you'll notice any time we had a hand with Merciless Officer that we were able to play, uh, we won those games. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good card. Uh, we, won, we won them good. But that... Um, 
that deck we were facing there was was pretty solid. Um, there's people shouldn't have like a million Ursa squadrons in their decks anymore if everyone else was drafting well. <laughs> yeah, and I think we still had a chance of sorts if we had if we had drawn power drops or had gotten that. I don't know. Yeah, I think we had a shot. You know, you can fatal misstep things. Uh, there were there were a couple of things we could have done. But um, Azrog is a tough beat, a, a tough card to beat anyway. Um, there's no question that if there's very few really good answers to it. If you stun it or something, it then it's still doing four damage when any other two units attack. If you kill it, the next two units are uh, have plus four strength and 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 charge. It's um, not a it's not a healthy card to have in a limited environment. <laughs> it costs six power, but it could cost eight, and it would still be too good. Yeah, it is so good in, yeah. And it's in, a six-four. It's a reasonable size for its cost. It's just in limited. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole, like, limited bomb thing is always, like, complicated to me because I do appreciate the fact that they make highly playable rares for constructed, so you're not... You don't have a deck just full of legendary creatures, but at the same time, and, you know, and Azrog does see some play in Expedition, but at the same time, it, it is very good <laughs> in limited. I, I, I think I have I have kind of a perspective on this because I have been playing Magic for the last week, and uh, there's a there's a fundamental difference. I've talked about this before um, on the podcast. There's a fundamental difference in the way Eternal approaches removal in its limited formats. Uh, in in Magic right now, and I assume this is true for most of their limited formats, if not all of them, uh, every color has strong, nearly universal removal at common rarity. <laughs> like the uh, black has. Uh, black has a four mana spell that can kill anything and makes a treasure token, which in Magic uh, is a is um, a card that can sacrifice itself to give you any color of mana for the turn. Uh, uh, white has a three mana uh, enchantment that uh, that turns that transforms any um, permanent card uh, of your of your opponents into one of those treasure tokens unless they can remove the enchantment. It, uh, very universal removal. Um, blue has uh, a card that um, essentially exhausts an enemy an enemy unit and keeps it exhausted unless they can remove the enchantment. Uh, red has a huge fireball that can kill almost anything unless it's in a, unless it has more than five toughness. And then I guess green is the only one. Green has a has a way for big units to fight other units essentially, um, so it can't just kill anything, but it can kill any card type except units pretty easily. So what that means is they can print pretty powerful bombs at rare, and your opponent will have a way of killing it most likely, um, which is not true in Eternal at all, uh, and it's frustrating because you that it makes it feel like your opponent got lucky and there wasn't really anything you could do. Like, in that game, Cosmo's going to have a good deck anyway, but the fact that they also had an Azrog means that there was a chance that we had no way of dealing with Azrog at all. We have cards like Execute in our deck 
but even if you kill Azrog, uh, that doesn't mean that you're okay at all. <laughs> For one thing, the Azrog attacked, which means that already your board is decimated. I had a, I posted a seven-win deck um, on our Discord this week, which was a Felm deck splashing Azrog, because that's correct. <laughs> that is a correct thing to do. It's a double fire card, but I was splashing it because it's too powerful not to play in your Felm deck. And... I mean, that deck went seven wins easily because occasionally it played Azrock. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's, uh, and, and, and none of my opponents could do anything. It was also extremely fun because I had a, uh, what's it called? A duplicator? The 0-5 stealth unit that transforms into a, um, the next unit that you play. Yeah, I forget what its name is, but yes. The replicator, maybe. And I I did manage to play that and then play Azrog as my next unit a couple of turns later. So then I had two Azrogs and was able to immediately attack with one of them uh, and another unit uh, doing eight damage divided more or less as I like. Uh, it was it was a good game. <laughs> it was, I was so I was so sad that better up my opponent for that game wasn't streaming so everyone could see it. <laughs> 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 but that's uh, that's how bombs are in Eternal, and there's some crazy bombs in Magic right now. But they have uh, they have several playable commons that kill artifacts, uh, which are sort of I guess we don't really have artifacts in Eternal, but um, they're sort of static cards that have a continuing effect on the board. And I guess they're like relics, aren't they? We do have we do yes. have artifacts. What we don't they're, have in Eternal is like artifact creatures. Right, we don't have artifact creatures, and we don't really have equipment. We have cards like Steel Fang, Shakram, and that kind of thing that don't um, that can that that are kind of like Magic's equipment, but we don't really have weapons that we can move from one unit to another. Yeah, it's that's actually kind of this is uh, a tangent from your point, but it is really interesting to me that like a Steel Fang Shakram is so powerful in eternal when it's when in magic it would be like a very expensive almost unplayable piece of equipment with like a four cost equipped you know like yeah oh yeah there's similar cards there's a one of the worst cards in draft right now is uh is an axe that costs one to play initially but it costs five to equip and gives your unit like plus five strength i think uh, and nobody nobody drafts it or plays it ever. <laughs> it's too expensive to equip. And yeah, you're right. In Eternal, it's a bomb that you splash for and you take over anything. It's interesting how the games are different in yeah. subtle ways. It's the same rule structure, but definitely plays definitely things play differently. And part of it is this, just that it's so easy to... Is that um, it's so much easier to build an aggro presence in Eternal. I don't know. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot we could get into. Uh, but, but it does change it, um, having, having ways of, of killing almost anything at common seems really important to me. And they've been doing that in magic in limited for a while, and they haven't really been doing it in eternal. And I've been frustrated with that. Like I, I'm always really annoyed when they print a set without a common removal for shadow that just kills any unit. Cause it seems really important that at least something should do that. Um, and often there isn't one. Yeah, well, do you mean, do you think they need it to be, like, in each set so that it's in four packs? Or do you yeah. think, like, now where, like, you know, Execute is bu boosted, so Shadow does have some sort of... 
It does, but I think it's not enough I, because you can easily just not have any way of dealing with opposing bombs or even yeah. medium-sized units. And so uh, it, it contributes to the feeling that a lot of people have about this format where you can't really defend yourself. It's just sort of a race every time um, because people are playing Valor units and you can't really block. And so it, whoever has the uh, most effective offensive game plan often wins. And I've played enough of this draft format to know that I can make a defensive deck and it can, it'll it'll be fine. But, um, but I can understand why people will be frustrated. Uh, it's because it is difficult. You don't always, you just don't always see you don't always see enough removal cards and you should <laughs> you should be offered enough removal that you feel like you at least have the option to build your deck with uh, a certain number of removal cards anyway um i i don't think there's any way around it right now they would have to change their philosophy of how they build a limited environment and and what i said before was true i think eternals the cur current draft format feels better than magic's current draft format to me um, even even though it's almost impossible to deal with certain bombs in Eternal, and even though it's almost impossible to um, to play defense in this format, it's <laughs> it still feels more interesting to sort of build a deck uh, because the cards just uh, I don't know interact with each other in interesting ways that aren't that aren't said on the cards. You, you know what I mean? Like there's there's die rolling cards in, in Magic right now. And so cards will say on them, whenever you roll a die, roll two dice instead and take the higher number. And it's like, great. So that's only going to apply to other cards that roll dice for the remainder of the game. And there just aren't as many. It's parasitic uh, mechanic. And so is the, the venturing into dungeons, which is another thing that Magic's doing right now. It's a full of very parasitic mechanics that don't do anything if you're not playing with this specific set of cards. And Eternal has been generally really good about not doing a lot with parasitic mechanics. There's stealth right now, and so there's a handful of cards that say uh, this card does something extra when you play it with a stealth unit on board. So that's parasitic. Um, but that's a very small number of cards, whereas in Magic, it's like half the cards, it feels like. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I prefer Eternal's approach over the long term, but I do wish that they had a philosophy for designing a limited format where they had a certain amount of, uh, a, a certain number of effects, like removal, like, like Relic Destruction, that kind of thing, uh, that they just do in every set in some form so that you never feel like you're in like like there's uh, strategies that you're just not allowed to draft yeah yeah it's what's interesting is like you know you talked about how you wish they would just like always print uh, a common shadow deal with anything removal spell you know the thing that worries me about like that statement specifically and i i know you don't mean this exact mean it this way exactly but but, like, I feel like they need a more holistic approach like you're talking about because, you know, in the last format, right, Send to Market was just the best removal spell there was, and there was not a ton of removal in that format. And that just made Justice so much better than every other fac faction because you had to play Justice if you wanted to be able to deal with anything. 
and um, it sort of funneled people into that faction. Obviously, Justice had other really good cards that exacerbated the problem, but you know. But what I want them to do is to balance the power across all of the factions, because like I'm saying, with the ma- with with magic, every color gets a good removal spell. Right. That's the solution, and they they all have their quirks. Like the drawback of uh, the shadow spell is that, it, or the black spell is that it's a little bit more expensive. Um, and more color committing. It requires two black mana. And the drawback of the of the white spell is that it can be removed if your opponent has enchantment removal. And also it transforms the unit into a treasure, uh, which can actually like ramp your opponent if they if they're willing to lose the lose the unit permanently. And and the fire it doesn't kill everything, and it also it's the most expensive one. Um, it does five damage, so if something's slightly bigger than that, it can't kill that. And uh, and the blue one only deals with creatures, and also there's ways of uh, it taps the unit, which is Magic's version of exhausting. Um, and if you can untap it, then you can attack with it again or block with it. Uh, so there's there's uh, solutions built into each one of those removal spells. The shadow one's probably the best overall, and it's the spell that most people will take, like first pick if there's nothing else in the pack. Um, but they there's no color that's just sort of left in the lurch. Whereas the situation with sent to market is that there was hardly any other good removal in that set. So yeah, of course justice felt like it was the strongest. Because um, it was the only one, only color to get a universal removal spell. It's interesting. Like I agree with you that this format does have its flaws, but I, you know, overall I, I enjoy it. Like it was really a relief to stop playing Magic and come back to Eternal in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I haven't come back to it, like, like you know, like I have, I'm not declaring allegiance to either game particularly. It's just that I've played a lot of Eternal, and it felt good to draft. Uh, and have all of the cards feel purposeful because they feel a little random in the current Magic format, a little random and clunky, mm-hmm. and, and with a lot of sort of forced synergy rather than synergy that just comes from um, sort of emergent synergy from finding a lot of different ways for cards to work together. Yeah. Anyway. How do you... Uh, <laughs> we weren't planning on this uh, topic, but... No. How do you find now having played a little bit of magic again, like the difference between having draft packs and having no draft packs? Like, do you have a preference? I think I like having the draft packs better, actually. Uh, One of the reasons this format in magic feels kind of clunky is that you get three packs of, of the same cards. And, uh, and so it sort of feels like you don't, it, once you once you start once you start finding archetypes, it feels like you're trying to draft those archetypes every time, um, and there's not a huge variety of them. So I think having the draft packs really injects a little interest um, into into the into the format. It also makes it really hard to predict what your opponent has in their hand too. So that's I think that's a downside. I think it's more interesting when you have a pretty good idea of what your opponent is capable of doing with their tricks and their removal. Um, so there, I don't know. I give the edge slightly to having draft packs because it also gives Eternal uh, the ability to change up a format without bringing out a set of new cards and and sometimes do it in interesting ways, although they've often 
done it in very baffling ways that I don't like <laughs> as yeah. well. It gives them the option to do interesting things if they are able to if they are able to grasp <laughs> if they're able to grasp that 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 opportunity by the horns and ride it. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't say for sure that I like one way over another way. I think if the if I think if the current format, which is Forgotten Realms, uh, their Dungeons and Dragons themed format, uh, I think if this format was a little more interesting, then I would feel better about it being three packs of the same cards. Uh, the fact that it's not a very sort of synergy-based format and it's a lot of sort of just big, fat, clunky creatures attacking um, means that it's like three packs of boring cards instead of instead of two. Of, of, uh, of two. So I think it's... Uh, I, if it were a more interesting... If it were a, if, it, if this were a more interesting format right now in Magic, then I would be able to, to give you an answer. Um, it's funny yeah. to talk about it this way, too, because... Eternals cards, on the whole, are simpler than Magic's cards. Like, a lot of the cards that we're playing with right now in Eternal are like a 6-6 with Valor, you know? And that's not an interesting card. But somehow it feels more interesting than, like, a 4-2 that is a 2-4 on your opponent's turn. Um, Yeah, that sounds like it should be more interesting, and yet somehow it isn't. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, well, that's what's uh, one of the interesting things I noticed. Uh, um, Yeah, it's like Magic, it feels like maybe it's just because they've made so many cards, they have to do this now. But, like, there's a little bit of complexity for complexity's sake. And so then you end up having these weird gotcha moments where you're just like, oh, I forgot that this, like, random common has this like fifth line of text that <laughs> comes up in this situation and now I lost or <laughs> you know what I mean yeah they feel they the cards feel a little overworked in magic sometimes just like there's been like they just sort of packed as much design into each one as they could and that sounds like it should be good but you really do reach the end of your the space in your mind to like understand everything that's happening on the board after a little while and it's pretty easy to get into board stalls and then just have a lot of variables on board. And because the cards are all a little bit more complicated than um, Eternal cards, uh, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. And I guess that just means, you know, it, the the skill ceiling is a little bit higher, uh, and I sh- that should be fine. But right now, because I'm just getting back into it, um, it, it, it feels a little frustrating sometimes. But I do like... S- a certain amount of complexity. If there were more complexity in the uncommons and less, when when there's complexity in the uncommons and the commons are simple, I think it's fine. And they've been doing this a long time. They more or less know what they're doing. It's just sort of feels a little bit different. And because I'm so used to playing Eternal, Magic feels a little bit off to me. Um, and of course, that's just me because most people who play Magic would think that Eternal feels a little off, I'm sure. Um, there's a card that I really... The the thing that I miss, and I'm not sure how you could do that this uh, in Eternal because it, Eternal is so streamlined. But I really like that that creatures in Magic can use their abilities um, during their opponent during your opponent's turn, mm-hmm. and so you can do interesting things during combat. Like there's a there's an uncommon goblin, uh, a red goblin. It's a two two for two. 
And it has an ability where you spend two mana to uh, give all of your goblins plus one strength. And 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 haste. What is what is it? What is haste called in Eternal? I've just forgotten. <laughs> Charge. Charge. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to keep track of everything. It's it's really hard to talk about both games because of course Eternal just came up with new words for all of the magic keywords. Anyway, so it gives, so that's that's one of its abilities is it gives all goblins, which includes itself, uh, plus one strength and and charge. And then its other ability is when it attacks, if you are attacking with uh, units uh, that have strength that adds up to six or more. Uh, all of then you then you then you create a new one one goblin uh, that is that is already uh, attacking. So this one little card, this is one of the best uncommons. Like you'll take this thing when you see it usually. Um, and uh, so you have all of these great options with this card. Like you can attack with, like say you've got your your opponent has a 1-3. You can attack with the 2-2 two, two, and they just can't block with the 1-3 because you can mid-combat give it plus one strength and then kill the blocker. Or you can, and then if they don't block, then you don't have to spend the mana and just hit with 2-2 two, two, and you've got two extra mana to spend that turn. That's already like something that you cannot do in Eternal really. Is have yes. an onboard effect that your opponent has to like you know uh put in their calculations everything is everything is hidden it's uh, you can't you can only do that kind of thing with combat tricks and i'm not sure that there's any reason why eternal couldn't have fast effects on units they just never have implemented them but they would make combat a lot more interesting yeah without making the game more complicated yeah i think they also make yeah they make combat more interesting and they make control decks a little bit more interesting um i think you know like a card that i'm i think about is the shaman the the o5 that you could pay for to draw a card and discard it unless it's a spell okay in in eternal right oh um what is that card called i don't know i don't remember it existing honestly yeah no the o the o5 it was like one or two formats ago it's the the two cost primal zero five. Oh yeah, sure. Um, that thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That would be a great thing to be able to to do on your at the end of your opponent's turn. And right. it feels like it should be hold up removal. And then right. if your opponent doesn't play anything, you can activate it to try to draw a card. Yeah. And yeah, that would be that's great. not something you can do. I mean, but it's also interesting because it does. You, you know, it both removes complexity not being able to do it, but it adds it because you're then you really have to decide whether you want to hold up your removal or not or try to draw a card. And it's it's I think some ability I think the like in magic, if they don't want a, a creature to be able to do something at the end of your opponent's turn, then they just say you can only use this ability as a, as a sorcery, which is, you know, their version of not a fast spell. And that's fine. I think that there it would be nice to have some units be able to do things as fast effects in a turn. Yeah. It would add a lot of design space, and I, I think it would make Limited a little more friendly to slower decks, because that is one of the reasons why um, aggro is so good in Eternal, is because everything is happening on, on the... on you, you do most of your stuff on your own turn. Right. No, I agree. And I, I think you could just, like, 
if it's just like a fast spell, you know, sort of, you know, have these shorter activation windows than you do in Magic, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. So just to keep things moving. The, another interesting thing I just thought of, if you had fast effects for units in, in Limited and Eternal, is you could disguise the fact that you have, say, a combat trick in your hand if you have a unit out on the board that has a fast effect. You know, if you have something that, like, uh, activates with four power and your opponent passes their turn and there's a pause now, now your opponent doesn't know that you have a, a combat trick necessarily in hand. So that's a, a layer of strategy that you could use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's well, not going to happen, but... Uh, you know. No, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think, I think it could eventually... Could eventually happen. I mean, they just... Didn't they just include a fast relic in the in the last set? So I believe that was a bug, and then they they corrected that. Oh really? Yeah, they 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 fixed it. It's not a fast relic anymore. Huh? Yeah. Today, I guess... today they did that. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah, but what's weird is when Scarlatch, the owner of Direwolf Digital, foiled it in the Discord. Someone asked because fast relic was in green text on the bottom. Yeah. if it was supposed to be fast or not. And he said it was a rendering error, and yes, it was supposed to be fast. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm wrong. Um, no, but I agree that someone also just posted today that it's no longer fast without uh, comment. So maybe, maybe it broke the game when it was fast? Because I don't know. But they have made cards like that, right? There's like Hasty Builder, which allows you to use your ultimates on your opponent turn, opponent's turn. That's there's a, a justice card that allows you to play your weapons at fast speed. That's true. Well, yeah. So it's so the game is capable of doing it. Um, I guess they would just have to come up with a new keyword for it. I guess I don't know. It's design space that's open for them anyway. Yes. All right. Well, I, there's one last thing that I I did want to talk about today, and that was my card of the week, which um, our opponents did not graciously allow us to talk about during games. Turns out Wednesday nights are not the time for long. <laughs> it's not the time to play if you want long queue times. No, no. But it, hey, here's a tip. Play on Wednesday nights if you don't want long queue times. <laughs> Do not try to record a podcast on Wednesday nights. I would say about about a third of our opponents were relatively inexperienced, like silver rank or something, and then another third were uh, gold or platinum, and then we only came up against a couple of masters level. Yeah. So it's pretty healthy spread. I, I agree. So uh, the card, this was kind of related to our talking about bomb rares. Um, I just wanted to ask you about Marshall Izia, is that how you say it? Which is the yeah. six fire fire time time two two with flying, and then summon play two six six sentinels in tomb, kill all sentinels. So this is a card that I think you're gonna say is good, and I am deathly afraid to put this in my deck. And I'm just wondering if that's just because I'm like a wuss and I should just like get over the fact that a Blitzstone completely obliterates this card in that it's actually sort of as strong as it reads. Oh, yeah, I haven't ever actually put this in a deck, so it's hard for me to say. 
I have faced it a number of times, and I think out of the four or five times someone's played it against me, it's only actually survived once. I think it's just sort of a high-risk, high-reward card, and those have existed before. I think it's a little bit... I think it's easiest to sort of compare it to something like Barricade Basher, which is too big for its cost and um, not... And it's a little harder to kill, but it does have a drawback, and sometimes you can kill it very easily. I don't know if that's the best thing to compare it to, because Barricade Basher plays very differently. But Yeah, well, what's the interesting thing to the Barricade Basher comparison is... Like, Barricade Basher is also high-risk, high-reward. But this card, I feel like, takes it, like, on both ends of the spectrum to the extreme. It's, like, it's a higher risk and a much higher reward. Yes. Yeah. And, like, Barricade Basher falls within the range of, like, high-risk, high-reward that I find acceptable to play. Well, Barricade, I just, Basher's, I, Barricade Basher's downside is worse than Marshall Azia's, though, because you you discarded an extra card. Whereas with yeah, Marshall Azia, often, you haven't. You're often like not, you know, it can sometimes be a power or whatever. Well, Marshall Azia, like the downside is you played, you paid six to do nothing. And if you have any other Sentinels, and there are Sentinels, because like, this set has Sentinels, and the draft packs have Sentinels. So, like, well, those I die, too. I wouldn't worry about that that much. It, that, that, it doesn't happen very often that you just sort of got a Sentinel still sitting around, um, and then Marshall Azio ends up killing it. I would say that if you have, say, a Populous Controller in play, and you're attacking with it, and it's not dead, just don't play your Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, that is still, you know what I mean? It's still, it's still something. It is um, still something. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I can't really tell you for sure um, whether like, it's... It dies to like, a rune of flame. Like, that's a down, I would call that a huge downside. It is a downside. It's a very, very strong card that, that is dealt with by an unusual amount of removal. Um, I think that it is worse than other bombs for that reason, actually. If I want to be honest, I sort of like part of me wants to defend the card, but if I'm being really honest, um, I think the fact that there's so much more removal that kills small things in this set than than removal that kills large things, uh, it makes it much more exposed. So, yeah, I do think that it's and and in practice, I have lost so rarely to this card when it looks like it should be such a mega bomb that I'm, I, I just don't, I like, I don't prize it that highly. I certainly don't see it and go, Hmm, maybe I should play Praxis just so I can play this the way I, you know, I splashed for Azrog, right? You know, film deck. I, if I were in a deck that was playing either fire or time, but not both. And I saw Marshall Azia, I wouldn't splash for it. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't know what level bomb it is, but I don't think it's, we didn't put it on, on the list. I didn't put it on the list of rares that I would take over the best on commons in this set several podcasts ago. And I wouldn't do that now either. Having seen it in play a few times. Okay. Yeah. So that's much closer to it, to where I am on it. 
But I guess I, I I have seen people talk about it like it's a bomb. And it's, that it's super it is powerful. It is super powerful. It's just... It's, I know, just but it's just like it dies to a stiff breeze. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's decks that you should play it in and decks that you shouldn't play it in. Um, I think that if you have a really good curve where you're likely to be using up your opponent's removal, like their cheap removal, um, and so then when you play the Marshal Azia, they're just out of stuff to do. Uh, I think it's a fine thing to I think it's a fine thing to play at the end of your curve. But I think if you are playing Praxis as sort of a slower ramp deck. Uh, which a lot of them are, like you're playing your Nurturing Sentinels, you're playing, um, what's it called, uh, the Open Way Supplier, you're sort of ramping. That's what Praxis decks sometimes are in this format, and so you're not actually using up your opponent's removal. And then like the one of the one of the first big units you're playing is Marshal Azia, and your opponent probably has a way of dealing with it. So I think in that case, it's not good. And that's that's particularly bad for it because that is kind of the way Praxis is set up in this format. So um, I think if it if it existed in a for, in a format where where Praxis had a better curve, like a better draftable curve, it has a terrible curve, um, then it would make sense as the top end there. But I don't think it I don't think it that deck exists. <laughs> it's possible to draft a deck that way. And I think that's kind of what happened the one time that this card beat me, was it was just sort of... I might have just not had any removal in hand, too. That's another thing that can happen, is you just don't have a card that can... You never do draw a card that can deal with a 2-2 flyer. Uh, but... Um, uh, uh, they probably had a good curve and then just topped it off with Marshal Z, and then there wasn't anything I could do. But also, the, the, the two Sentinels are not... Flyers, right? Marshal Azia makes two ground... Six sixes, yeah. Two ground six sixes. Azia itself is a flyer. Uh, so it is, the other problem with it is that it doesn't actually instantly win the game the way something like Azrog does. It, If you have a bunch of flyers, you just attack with your flyers. And then Marshal Azia can either block, which means the Sentinels die, or, you know... Like, or it can't doesn't block, and then you kill them with your flyers <laughs> and jump block on the ground. So I think that happened actually in one game where they played Marshal Azia, and I didn't have removal for it, but I didn't need it, even though they put fourteen points of of damage on the board. Anyway, um, I, I my opinion hasn't changed on the card. I think that it is it is a glass cannon kind of card. Obviously, that. I will definitely play if I'm in a Praxis deck that looks like it needs uh, a top-end bomb, but I'm never drafting that deck because I think it's one of the worst archetypes in the format. Yes, and so this is not necessarily a card you're happy to first pick. No, I don't think I ever would, actually. There's so many commons I would take over it. Cool. So I think we and can that's not to say. That, right? I, I just, uh, I mean, I know that there's... That everyone has a different style. That's just me, <laughs> you know. Like if people are having success with Marshal Lizia, I, you know, keep by all means keep drafting it and playing it. I just, um, I, I, I just haven't seen it. And so anecdotally, from my perspective, 
I, I don't have any incentive to even put the card in my deck because I haven't seen it succeed in any of the games I've played, and I have played way too much Eternal this format. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, this really came to a head for me when uh, I was observing Raven Dragon playing a game, and she had an auto-tread on board, and then uh, there are... Um, her opponent had three cards in hand, and then she just like played out her Marshall Azia, and I was like, "My gosh, I'm not in a million years am I playing out my Marshall Azia when my opponent has three cards in hand and I have an auto dread on board?" But it worked. Her her opponent did not have those cards were not um, able to do two two damage to anything, and uh, she won the game. Yeah, and that'll happen. I mean, that's 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 a it's it's a risk, but obviously, if if the risk pays off, then you probably win. Cool. Well, I think we'll end our show there. We we ended up having, I think, a pretty good conversation. We got to play some games. A couple of them were interesting. Uh, we're still all waiting patiently for draft pack changes. They the could draft- really. They could really change things up if they wanted to with this format too. They could take out a lot of the aggressive stuff, and and it would make it feel very different. Yeah, I agree. You know, my one worry is there the draft open is in two weeks. So if, if they don't change it up very soon, then we we're going to be dealing with some draft uh, bot packs possibly. Uh, yeah, and the then open. I won't and then I won't play in the draft open. That solves, <laughs> really solves the problem for me. Yeah. So. Uh, Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And uh, thank you again to all our patrons for helping make this show a success. And a reminder for everyone to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord. Uh, there will be a link in the show description. Um, we can talk about the format. Tell us if you like General or what is it, Marshall Azia or not. And... Um, if we're wrong about that. And then uh, finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts. And don't forget to send in all your 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. Remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Bye.